Yo, what is up? You have found We Like the Blazers. I am Brandon Goldner, and with me, dancing in the corner, doing all sorts of weird moves. These are not actually dance moves. I see a little bit of Macarena in there, I guess, and the Ride the Bull. I don't know what you call that. And now the money, the Mason Plumley money gun. We have Ryan Whitledge. Ryan, what's up, dude? What's up? Long time no see, buddy. I'm I here. Think, I, yeah, I've been around. I've been existing. Yeah, we're. If we would have kicked this till tomorrow, it would have been, I think, exactly a month since the last time we have been on an audio recording device together. There's been a lot, you know, happening that's not basketball related. And frankly, for a while, it was getting pretty depressing in Blazerland. So the, I, you know, I, t <laughs> I appreciate that you and KJ got on the pod last week because I just wasn't feeling it. But yeah, no, it's good to see you. How are your holidays? How are things? How are tricks? Uh, holidays were good. Uh, I would say I ate way too much food, but that's typically my standard to just constantly consume everything that is put in front of me. Uh, like 19 people in my immediate social circle have all come down with COVID. And so like there was the meme floating around on the internet of like being the Mario running through the castle, dodging the lava balls. You know, I, uh, oh, the, yeah. wife, the wife and I got a really bad cold and we're like, well, all right, it, it, it found us. No, no. All the negative tests in the world and at home and then going into clinics and getting them done or driving through a Walgreens. Apparently no, not COVID, just straight up bad timed cold. So I'm still Mario dodging these things, but other, other than good. that, I mean, hell, I even had to drive out to your place to go and went in, in my in-between to uh, find a test. And thank you for that. I, I have one for you whenever you run one short. <laughs> no problem at all. No, I'm glad I could help. Yeah. That, I mean, and it, I, got, I, People, I mean, you told the story to me and like, sorry if you don't want me sharing it, but you went to a 7-Eleven to grab a test and some idiot in front of you grabbed 10 of them. And you're like, can I please have one for my wife who's symptomatic? And he's like, yeah, for a hundred bucks. Like, what is wrong with people? Anyway, whatever. I'm glad that you don't have COVID. Um, and I still, I still maintain I'm questionable about my insurance sending me the ones that are the, when they were sending them to me when I was building up my original stash before I'd use them all. I'm still questionable about that. My insurance was sending me the ones that the guy was buying at 7-Eleven. So I don't Oh, oh wow. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> and, and I mean, so a couple things. Uh, one is I think that most people's health insurance at some point in the not too distant future will pay for at-home tests. And I think that today the federal government announced some couple hundred million that they are actually going to pay for directly. 500 Another million. 500 million on top of the 500 million they already ordered. Which is not perfect, but it's better than nothing. And I, you know, I appreciate that. Um, actually, a little bit more politics news. Let's just say this. There's like a lot of weird stuff happening that that has nothing to do with basketball. But really quick. Bad, uh, bad day to be an Oath Keeper. <laughs> Bad day to be an Oath Keeper. Uh, yeah, the January 6th stuff, that's going on. And then you have the news today about the settlement with Naviant, which is the student loan provider um, that a lot of Naviant. people... Navient, whatever. I don't give yeah. a shit. That a lot, a lot of people are going to get relief from their student loans, and I'm actually, I may be one of those people. Maybe my original student loans were served by Navient, but now they've been transferred to Fed Loan. So I don't know. There's a lot going on in the world. There were holidays. There were blazer slumps. There was news. Slumps. I know that you have didn't... we come out of a slump. Well, I think that there's like there was a slump of optimism and like a slump of not knowing what the path forward is going to be this season that I think has been clarified in actually a number of important ways. You did a good job putting together the outline, so I don't want to step on your toes. Where in this world of Blazers news and non Blazers news would you like to start? You can. And by the way, you have the option. You can either just start talking about something or you can give listeners a preview of what we're going to talk about and then talk about it. I will leave it to you. You're the expert. You're the one wearing the Blazers gear. You're the one with the Blazers hutch. You have those this, beautiful uh, Blazers basketball Curtis, cards behind you. Courtesy of the uh, mother-in-law, by the way, here. So Nice. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, again, my family knows, just get me sports hoodies. And so they, I pretty much the wife, when she gets the text, that's like, hey, they want to know what to get you. I just let them know what sports affiliation I need more gear of. I had that. to purge a lot of old hoodies that were very well worn in and whatnot from blazer land. So, uh, I had to refill the blazer stash uh, next year. I think I'm uh, re-upping all my ducks gear. So there's that <laughs> nice. Actually, that's a good man, spring cleaning or whatever coming up. I need to actually get rid of some clothes and yeah, it's anyway, that's not the point. The point is we're yeah. here to talk about blazers and talk about blazers. We will Ryan, where do you want to start? This is one of the interesting parts of us not being in like an affiliated podcast, like being like a blue wire, having to uh, be beholden to sponsors is the amount that we can kick the can down the road. 
But then when we actually decide to pick the can up, you'll look back and you're like, so a month ago when we talked, the Blazers were like 11 and 14, you know, they had just, I think, rested Dame for his first couple sets of games or whatnot. CJ was newly out or I'm not even entirely sure if CJ was out with the lung issue by then. If, if he, if he wasn't, or if he was, it was Pretty like sure was. brand It was then it was like brand new, like maybe three days before we had recorded. And here we are. I think the team's won like four, maybe five games since then, you know, uh, two in a row. Yeah. Yay. Going streaking. And, uh, you know, a lot of people looked at the month of December as that, that was a very home heavy month. I think the Blazers, at that point in time, it only won one, maybe two games on the road. And so we're like, all right, great. We have this amazing home record. So now's the time to just stack up wins and, and I'll just down the drain. So here we find ourselves now in the second week of January. Uh, as of today, we'll start with the big news and kind of go with how this affects everything and where we think that this should bring the team, but or how the team should approach certain things. But Damian Lillard, it was announced yesterday that he was going to be shut down and he'd be soon having surgery on his abdominal tendinopathy. Which yesterday, uh, I think- yesterday, you said you'd call Sears. What? Sorry. <laughs> I had to do it. Are you going in the way back know. machine? What, what's that? Was that a, like an old commercial reference? Oh, yeah. What the hell was that? Okay, that was the yeah. way back machine. All right. Uh, but God, I don't. I used to know the script by heart. By heart, it's like, <clears throat> what's the weather going to be like? Hotter, hotter than yesterday. Yesterday, you said you'd call Sears. I'll call today. That. You'll call now. I'll call <laughs> now. Something like that. Anyway, it's about air conditioning. So if you don't have an air conditioner, call Sears. Uh, I think Sears is defunct now. So that is how outdated your reference is. And this is why we're not getting a sponsor. Uh, Shout out to Float On, by the way. (laughs) Sorry, go for it. But no, Float On, watch Float On. We got to finish this thought poop before we get So I I, I don't know if, did you listen to the podcast I edited with you and KJ? So Float On. No, I did not. Fair enough. Well, there you go. See how much you care. Uh, Float On, they are awesome. They're a business on Hawthorne, they are float tanks. You go there, you go into these private, fully sanitized float tanks that are full of salt water, and you go in, it's like sensory deprivation, so it's like 94-degree water, which is the correct temperature where you can't tell the difference between where your skin ends and the water begins, and the lights go off, and you're in this private room in this private tank, and you just float for like an hour and a half, and it's incredible. And so I just wanted to give them a shout out because I did get myself and Cassie, I guess I should start with Cassie for her birthday, uh, a 90 minute float and got myself a 90 minute float so we can go together. But anyway, shout out to them. I just want to give a shout out to local businesses in Portland. I don't care if they sponsor us or not. I just, I just, I think it's important. I hate corporations, even though I take advantage of them frequently. So shout out to float on. Okay. We got our Sears plugin. We got our float on plugin. I'm all nope for that. Uh, the show, Are You Afraid of the Dark, uh, cured me of ever wanting to be alone in water. I'm just going to leave it at that. Well, I think, well, fair enough. Um, th- it's <laughs> You've never taken a bath and turned the lights out? I hate baths. Why do you hate baths? Oh, whatever. Okay, fine. God, all right, made showers, God made showers for a reason, and I'm sure Damian Lillard takes showers. So, segue, professional. Take a quick shower and then take a bath. Take the rinse and then you take a bath. It's relaxing. That's why you take well, a bath. I've heard you still need to finish that up with a shower. But anyways, all right, fine, Dame. Not if you so do it, the rinse first. All right, stop derailing us. You're doing great. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> So yeah, it came out yesterday that he was going to be shut down. He was going to be soon to be having the surgery. I think the only reason that anybody found out that news is because his surgery was scheduled for today and he underwent successful surgery and it is said that he will be reevaluated anywhere in five to eight weeks. So Brandon, I want to say back, uh, you, you threw out some, uh, cocky sniff tweets, uh, <laughs> in, in November or from November in which you had said, shut him down for a month. Something that I had laughed at at the time. And Brandon Sprague the, also laughed at it. Brandon Sprague laughed at it, but, uh, I've texted with Sprague and, uh, him and I were both of the same opinion where it was, if you're going to shut him down, shut him down for this, have him get the surgery and have it be long-term. And so that was, and that was kind of my thought process at the time, or, or at least the retroactive history I'm going to try to now sell everyone is that that was my thought process at the time. 
is that don't shut them down for just one month. Shut them down. If you're going to do the surgery or if you're going to shut them down, shut them down and do the surgery and have it be long-term. So that's now the crossroads that we find ourselves at. And I, part of me wants to say that, yay. I mean, the team has killed my soul. They've, 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 they've murdered my optimism. The, uh, the glass is no longer half full. I don't, the glass got bitch slapped off the side of the table for me. Uh, so there, I want to say that they're embracing the tank, uh, even though they had already started tanking without even trying, but what are, what are you, what are your thoughts on that? This is I mean, it's a lot to take in and I have some like structural thoughts and then I have some specific thoughts structurally. I think this clarifies what the Blazers ought to be doing. Right. I think that part of me as a Blazers fan, me being not interested in the team, it wasn't just that they were losing. It was like, is Dame going to play or is he not? Are they a good team or are they not? Is CJ coming back or are they not? Is Cronin going to make a trade or is he not? Are the Blazers pushing or are they not? I think that with Damian Lillard getting this surgery, If it were me, I think it's very clear now that the Blazers should not be trying to win games. What they should be doing is trying to lose as many games as possible this year to get a better draft pick, to get more talent into their pipeline, make whatever trades they need to make. That's independent of tanking. Make whatever trades they need to make, get a high draft pick and come back next year and take advantage of the last of Dame's prime. So to me as a fan, I structurally feel less anxiety over the season. Now that Dame has had this surgery and we know he's going to be out for a while. Do you share any of that feeling at all? I, I a hundred percent agree. Like I, I had made it long known that, you know, while they've been playing with this, you know, ineptitude, you know, that it wasn't appointment viewing for me. Like it had been for the past many years, you know, it's I'm, I have the game going on my phone or I have it going on my, on my tablet or, or stuff like that. And it's in the background and, you know, I'm kind of passively paying attention. I'm not, you know, revolving my social schedule per se around, you know, when they're playing and who they're playing and them being must see games. And, and, and so, yeah, it's, there was this sense, like even after the old Shea firing or whatnot, and Cronin gave his initial, you know, press conference and, and was like, we're still all in where I, you know, I have this authority to, to make these moves. And we'll talk about today's Cronin news here a little, a little bit down the road, but you know, there was still that sense of like, okay, they're going to try to go for it. Like maybe this cloud of old Shea, now that it's not hanging over them, maybe that can kind of free him up. And we didn't see that in any of the, in any of the way that, you know, the organization had acted or how the team had played. If anything, their play had faltered a little bit. And so for me, it's like, thank God, everybody's done lying to themselves. And now with, (laughs) now, now with this news of Dame and I think I, in all honesty, I think Dame was the biggest victim of lying to himself because we've seen him over the years, carry this team on his back to places that they had no business being. And I mean, even go back to the bubble year, he said, we don't want to go unless we have a chance to make the playoffs. And then Dame, Mr. Bubble MVP himself, which is both a real thing that he won. And I say that jokingly, (laughs) um, carried them to get into the playoffs and they summarily got their asses kicked by the Lakers. But, but, you know, you've seen it a lot more with Dame this year, his abrasiveness with the media, his, his calling out of, of various, you know, reporters, be them national or local. And I think that a lot of that stuff boils down to that is Dame in the past, had the ability and the physical capabilities to get this team over a hump yeah. uh, by himself, but his body wasn't allowing it. And so now we've seen these frustrations boil out and boil over. And we've seen them in these contentious press conferences or calling out Jason quick, who for the longest time it took me to notice his little head in that background. I, I thought for sure hiking had pissed <laughs> him off. Cause I'm like, but hiking's right there. And somebody's like, zoom in enhance, zoom in enhance Jason quick. I'm like, okay, come on. You're asking me to identify a lot of bald guys. I didn't it was about that. Bill Shonley. Come on. See, that was the other thing, or maybe he's called, uh, maybe, maybe he was pissed at the Peloton he was riding. I don't have to know. Maybe he was chasing a snake <laughs> on the video screen. Who, who knows? But anyways, you've seen these frustrations boil over. And I think that it, it comes from that Dame still kind of lying to himself for a little bit before somebody from his camp finally got in his ear and saying like, I can do this. I can power through this. I can bring us to this point. I can get Ooh. us to where we need to go. And now he's finally, he let somebody in his camp tell him, no, dude, don't do this. It's detrimental. 
in the long run to your career and your health. And to that point, I think that honestly, I mean, this is just a human thing to do when we don't know what path to take, when we're having trouble deciding what to do and we're not clear on it. I mean, you see this in people who, who, who break up in the relationship or they're being broken up with and they don't know, like, should I reach out to this person? Like try to call their mom and get them back or like travel to their hometown. And it's like, they're not, they, they have not accepted that the relationship is over. And so they're in this like middle turmoil of not knowing what to do or where to go. They don't have clarity on their path. And the same way, like even as a fan, I could feel that lack of clarity of the path of the team this year. It made the games not fun to watch. And to your point, I think Dame himself was definitely feeling that. And and it's a, it's a crappy feeling. I agree with you. I think him having the surgery, it clarifies the path moving forward. And frankly, for me as a fan, it makes these games, even though it's the same cast of players, the same people playing the same game, I'm going to have more fun watching it. Just knowing that at least I know what to expect for the next month or two months. And honestly, I hope for the rest of the season, I hope that he just sits the rest of the season, but it makes it easier for me to watch. Well, it, and it's kind of like, you know, to borrow like a team mom ism, you know, like she's always like back with, with, uh, her, uh, Alfred Camino appreciation society, which I do have one of those stickers on my laptop, but she always <laughs> say, you know, embrace the chaos. And, you know, those are the kind of things that like in either blowout wins or blowout losses, when we're all clamoring, you know, on whatever social media that we're throwing these statements out there, we're like, bring in the young guys, bring in the new guys, because it's a, a, like, you, do, you know, if it's a blowout loss, you're not expecting the end of the bench guys, you know, to completely come in and, and change the course of a game. I mean, they do from time to time, but you know, you, it, it's a fun, entertaining, energetic style of basketball where for lack of a better term, the stakes are taken away. So your emotions are a little bit more like, or your anxiety is more removed from a game than it would be if it was a close, close fought in-depth game with, you know, starters going at it, you know, those are fun too, but now we get a different type of enjoyment without any sort of expectations of wins. Now um, we can honestly say that son of a bitch, you're supposed to lose these games because I think right now, like the Blazers are sitting 10th in the West. And I really hope, and we'll talk about this guy here in a little bit, but I really hope Anthony Simons doesn't take the whole rest of this season and turn it into a Kings game from seasons (laughs) past. (laughs) Well, oh, wow. That's a, that's a deep cut. Um, so I, I want to say one more thing about the Dame injury and I'll let you move us along. Uh, cause we talked a little about a little bit about how it affects stuff structurally, mm-hmm. just kind of at the, at the, at the smaller level the the micro level about his injury, these abdominal injuries, apparently there's some amount of like mystery. It's not super straightforward. There's maybe not enough information to know exactly what the ailment is and how it affects him and the prognosis for getting better. But I want to add a couple thoughts. The first is the fact that Dane met with two specialists, one in Philly and I think one in Chicago. Um, the fact that two specialists told him that they recommend that he get surgery that in their medical view that having surgery will be useful. That is a good thing. It's not such a great thing when you have a chronic injury and people are telling you there's nothing we can do. You have to just manage it. So Roy style with the meniscus. Correct. Exactly. So I'm taking the fact that he had the surgery again. I'm, you know, trusting that these are medical experts and they know what they're doing and they're, you know, all that. I, I take the fact that he had surgery as a good sign that he can regain that all NBA form, which has been missing since last year. So that's, that's one thing. I had one more thing, but any thoughts about that? I don't want to just talk and not let you get a chance. To no, no, it's, I mean, I, it's one of those things where it's like, we've known for years that this has been something that's flared up from time to time, but I don't necessarily think that we, I know for me personally, you know, for lack of a better term, appreciated the severity of it, you know, from constantly pushing through or playing through it. And, you know, with this extremely shortened off season, if you want to toss in the Olympics and trying to get back on a regular NBA schedule and whatnot, oh, I think you, know, you have it, to, I mean, I think it, it's a it, huge it, part of it because he looked so terrible during the Olympics, right? Exactly. And so this all just, you know, compounds it further. And like I said earlier, I'm, I'm glad that somebody <laughs> in his camp finally got in his ear and said, Hey, this is, you know, 
kudos to you for being the warrior who wants to always charge into the fight. But there is a time where you got to walk back to the medical tent and get that leg looked at. Otherwise that gangrene's going to set in and you're going to have to lose the leg, you know, for the, sorry, I'm, I'm catching up on game of Thrones. So I'm throwing out some Viking, yes, you are. Some Viking fights. Yes, you are. So I, that, I think that's a, that's a fair point. There's one other thing I wanted to hit on. And again, we are not medical doctors, but if you follow in street clothes, that's Jeff Stotts. He's sort of like the no NBA, relation, no relation to Terry, but he's like the NBA's expert on tracking injuries in the league and comparing yeah. how long it, to take he does it throughout all sports. He does it for NFL, everything. Oh, does too. He, okay. so he, yeah. He's a sports medicine doctor is his specialty. So he, Thank you. That's he, better he way to put speaks it. about this in all of, in, in all of sports. So major athletes in any, any kind of whatever, any headline grabbing injury, he tends to chime in on them. Okay. And he has data that tracks this stuff. How long are people out with a certain injury, all this stuff. He had a good thread yesterday about when it was announced he was having surgery. And then today he said, um, I'm not surprised that Lillard's surgery was carried out by Dr. William Myers. He's one of the best core muscle injury surgeons, if not the best. He's considered a pioneer in his field and his list of NBA patients include Jamal Murray, Drew Holiday, and Rajon Rondo. Again, I'm looking for things to feel optimistic about. Frankly, Ryan, like I'm looking for reasons to feel good that Mm -hmm. Dame is going to return to form because honestly, that's the biggest question about this iteration of the team is whether or not Dame can return to form. And it's looking like, yes, he, he, I feel more optimistic that he will return to form. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's one, one very last thing on this and Eric Griffith, friend of the show uh, at Eric G underscore NBA, follow him. If you don't already, he shared on Twitter an article on core muscle injuries that was co-authored by the doctor who performed Dame's surgery. And it's helpful to get like a baseline understanding of what these injuries are and how you treat them and how they heal. So all of this is just to say, me as a fan, I have better clarity about the team. I have better clarity on what they're going to do moving forward. It makes the games easier to watch. And now I'm more optimistic about Damian Lillard's long-term prognosis because of this. So honestly, as much as like I'm having surgery is not good news. It's made me feel better in a lot of important ways. Because it removes a lot of unknowns off the table when when all is said and done. And again, like, you know, with Brandon Roy, it was, you know, when he had his knee surgery, it's like, yeah, we're going to do this, but you're going to have to deal with the fallout. Basically, there's nothing we can do for that. So there was some unknowns behind that. But this this is a type of surgery where things are pretty pardon the pun on this, but cut and dry. (laughs) And, you know, it provides a light at the end of the tunnel and it answers a lot of questions and clears a lot of things up for the future. So not not as much as what was up in the air for questions about ever about all this stuff. And, you know, the team and Dame himself, you know, this, this settles a lot of that. So, yep. I totally agree. Anything else on Dame's injury? Or are we good to move on to something else? I think we're good to move on to something else, but my small bladder says, I want to take a quick break. Let's do that. Here's some music. We'll be back in just a second. All right. So we're back. Uh, so one of the big things with now this, this Dame stuff being settled is as we're kind of alluding to, is that it provides some clarity for the franchise. And, you know, I had spoken about how, you know, everyone's saying, you know, tank this tank that, uh, just to put some things in context for what's currently at play. So, uh, I believe it was because of the Larry Nance jr. Trade that, uh, the Blazers first round pick in this upcoming draft is being conveyed to Chicago. But that is lottery protected. Lottery protected, for those not in the know, is everything from uh, if you find your basically if you make the playoffs, you you lose your pick in in the Blazers terms. But lottery covers one through fourteen. Um, uh, this pick has some very strange language to it, and it can be conveyed anytime between this upcoming draft and the twenty twenty eight draft. So there is the ability for them to kick the can down the road on this. But basically, if the Blazers finish within the top fourteen, they get to keep their pick and that is something that um 
I don't believe you have to renegotiate any of the terms with Chicago, but if they keep their pick this year and it is a lottery pick, they could take that and package it with other trades to try to get other players or higher draft or, or trade down in the draft or whatnot. But this, this pick is tradable, but as it stands right now, this, this team has, has a path to, for the first time, finally do something meaningful without yep. a narcissistic asshole at the reins. <laughs> Indeed. Yes, and I agree. So this is, I'm trying to remember the last time that the franchise was at this kind of crossroads. And I, a lot of people want to allude to that. It's when LaMarcus Aldridge left, but I kind of feel that it was a lot steadier in terms of the future when LaMarcus left, because we already had Dame at least. And he was, that was what, 2014, 15. So he had already been a couple of years established in the league. So I'm going all the way back to the, you know, the Odin draft kind of thing. And I'm not saying, and I'm not, I'm not yeah. trying to allude to that. Hey, Blazers, you know, number one pick, by the way, if they get the number one pick, please don't pick the, toothpick of Chet Holm, Holmgren. But anyways, it's a topic for another I've day. I've done no college scouting and I have no opinion on these people. I should probably start looking though, to be honest. Just, um, just, just text Steve DeWalt and ask him, just be like, Oh, I know. Bro, who to look a, at? Let's get him on the show. <laughs> um, uh, so yes, the uncertainty that the Blazers face now is pretty significant and the choices they make now create lots of different possible paths. I do see what you're saying. When LaMarcus Aldridge left the path forward, it wasn't certain, but the, the general outline was clear. The plan was we have Dame. We're going to suck, get a great draft pick and just build around Damian Lillard. Of course, Damian Lillard didn't let that happen. He dragged into the playoffs, right? So that kind of threw off the rebuild because Dame is too good. So um, you're right. Like as it stands now, the Blazers have tons of options. So one is, do they tank or not tank? Again, I think that they should tank. I think Dame should sit out the whole year. As far as I'm concerned, I think CJ can take the year off, frankly. Um, trade CJ, uh, trade one of Nas or Ant, maybe even trade Norm Powell, trade Yusuf Nurkic, trade Covington, rejigger this entire lineup around Damian Lillard. There is a lot of heavy lifting that needs to be done. And the butterfly effect of either other teams may... Oh, Oh, by the way, and you have to do it all within like a year because Dame's prime's running out. So there's that pressure too. So yeah, yeah there there is yeah, a lot you, of uncertainty. You, you can't convince him to get a surgery and take a basically take a season off. I know a lot of people want to say that. Oh, hey, you know, I'll be reevaluated. You know, in the five to eight weeks or whatnot. I've I've heard eight to ten. You know, obviously everybody heals differently, but oh, hey, so that puts it you know like mid March or beginning of March. He could be back, and if the Blazers are within reach, you know, maybe they could make a playoff push. Stupidest freaking thing ever. I want to backhand everybody who I, I, I love your fandom, but no, that is the worst thing that could possibly be done. But if you're I going mean, to, how does Dave, how does Dave gonna, feel about that? Con- that's the thing. We well, don't know. I, we don't know how he's oh, feeling. Like, this is true, but we have a lot of evidence. And I mentioned it earlier that there's, needs to be some protecting Dame from himself. He yeah, can know, be his own worst enemy. There, there here's cannot, the thing. There's a difference between doing that for his own physical health with ostensibly, which ostensibly he's now done a difference between that and protecting him from like the best possible outcome for the Blazers. If he wants to stay with the Blazers, does he want to like depends on what Joe Cronin can do, I guess. Right. Like, I mean, like he's had the surgery. If they clear him to come back, let's say in 10 weeks, even if it's not in the best interest of the franchise, who's telling Dame to sit? Like, does he even want to be here anymore? I don't know. Like, I, that's it. Like, so for me, I re- I really think that with Dame, I think for me, how I interpret him getting the surgery, agreeing to these consultations, you know, for lack of a better term, getting talked into it, you know, we're not in, we don't know how the hell this all came about. You know, maybe it aggravated itself enough to where Dame said, I really need to get this looked at. I can't keep going on. Maybe it was somebody in his camp or on the team that was like, yo, dude, just this, it's not the year it's not going to happen. But if it, if it was somebody on the team or in his camp that's saying it's not this year, you need to take this now rest up so that you can be fully recuperated, you know, by the time the off season begins and then get back into a full workout and lather and get your body back so that you're at full strength come next season. If that is how it happened, this team, I think has a duty 
to, or this organization, I, I, I want to make a difference because the, when I, when I say team, I'm going to, that I'm going to be referencing the players. When I say yeah, organization, I mean the, the, the organization as a whole, this organization has, has a duty to set this <laughs> up duty, uh, uh, has a responsibility to set this up so that convincing Dame to take this route is not for a loss. Uh, I don't expect the team to tank because NBA players don't tank because not all NBA players right. are, are franchise players and they have to play for their next contracts and they have to play the, for, you know, the question is playing or not though, is how much of that is an organizational decision and how much of that is his decision? How much equity does the organization have with Dame to convince him of that? And again, think about this. Like if Dame is thinking, you know, I don't see a path forward to a championship in Portland. Like Cronin doesn't make the trades before the deadline, whatever happens, Dame is feeling different about it. Maybe he feels for his own personal leverage. Hey, I want to come back. I want to show that I'm healthy. I want to be able to have more leverage to demand a trade where I want to go. Like that's not totally out of the question. I like, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying that like people shouldn't be shocked if that is one of the possible futures, I wouldn't be, I just, I, I, it's not my reading of the tea leaves for, for lack of a better term, but you know, so, okay, and, let's no, hold on. Let's talk about that. Okay. What is All your right. reading of the tea leaves? Do you think that is your best guess that Dame basically wants to punt the season? So the Blazers get a better draft pick and that they come back and really give it a shot next year in Portland. Do you think that's what's happening? Do you think Dame is on board for that? I don't think that's how Dame thinks, but I think that's here's going to be. I don't think that's how Dame thinks, but I think that's how Dame thinks. I don't think NBA players. What? I don't think. I don't think NBA players. The hell does that mean? <laughs> or star players think of it as though I am going to punt and quit on a season, and I would like a new and up and coming player to please come in so that I have a better chance of winning. I think that's a very fan perspectivey way of looking at it. How I would say that Dame is thinking about it is that my body is not going to be able to maintain this for another 41 games. And if I can get, if I can do my part to get us to the playoffs, I do not feel my body sustaining it through this. Yes. I agree that it is in my best interest to get this taken care of now. And that gives the, that relieves the organization of expectations of a playoff birth or playoff success in which they may be a little more free to make moves so that me and we can win next year. Does, does that like line of demarcation make sense? Okay. I see where you're going with this. What I feel I'm playing like you're the doing, semantics game. I'm playing the semantics game. You I'm are, and, and here's what I, here's what I'm going to challenge you to do is Strip away because what I think what you're mixing is, by the way, we're both speculating. Okay, we get it. But I feel like you're mixing what Dame might be thinking with what Dame hopes is the perception of what's happening. I want to ignore Dame's perception management, which, by the way, he does care about. So I'm not discounting that. I'm just curious if you believe if you were to, you know, truth serum dame i don't think it's unreasonable to expect that maybe he does say we're not good enough this year we have a chance to be better next year through the draft through trades it's in my best interest if i want to win a championship here that i don't come back this year and i guess like maybe it's an unfair question to ask like is that what you think dame thinks because like we don't know but so maybe it's a rhetorical question you don't really have to answer it. i just well, want that, people to that, think that about is, that that is what i think dame thinks Okay, fair enough. But so that's fair. And and I do agree with you how Dame manages that message through the media. I mean, you already saw it with Chris Haynes comes out and says, well, Sergio successful. He might be back even sooner. Like, I, I don't think Dame wants people thinking that he wants to sit out the whole year. If Dame sits out the whole year, there's going to be all sorts of like articles from Chris Haynes that comes out about he got evaluated and they said it was like there's going to be like Dame is going to try to provide cover for himself to prevent saying hey I'm just sitting out the whole year like you're right about that like yeah (laughs) which by the way I I have to I want to say this I wish we lived in a world 
where people like Damian Lillard, who have proven their value to this franchise again and again, can simply say, I don't want to play this year because we suck, but I do want to come back next year. I wish he could say that. That would be dude, awesome. Dude, he's Curry, earned the right Curry. to say that, if that's what he's thinking. I, I agree. He's earned the right to say that. I would also say that Stephen Curry has earned the right to say that. And he didn't yep. hear those words leave his leave his lips at one point in time during Golden State's down years. They did right. all of their best to put out the PR spin on that. But that it uh, nobody wants to hear that they're sports heroes or that these people that are it's you're putting your body on the line, you're laying it all out there. The ultimate goal is to win a championship. Nobody ever wants to hear that the people that they root for are going to quit and punt. It just, you know, I mean, no, the, matter, the, the, no matter nobody how cares noble, if you win a ring, no one cares if you come back next year and win, like no one's going to care that Dame sat out. People are going to praise him for sitting out. If the Blazers come back next year and they win like 57 games and they're like a Western conference favorite and they're looking scary, like no one's going to give a shit that Dame sat no, out we'll this year. Forget. They're going to praise well, him for it. Yeah. Well, well, everybody will forget so, about it and just be like, Hey, that was a smart decision, but. Again, I just I, I do wish that we could just hear his unvarnished view, but but that's not the way the world works. And, you know, I, I yeah. don't begrudge him that okay. I would also like to own a unicorn. So but the so the one person what right would you now, do with the unicorn and where would you keep it? That's a question for another day. Please. continue. Well, I, I definitely need to have bought a house by then and be out of the apartment because <laughs> I, I mean, technically, I do got I'm one of the rare apartments that does have a little plot of grass right outside my front area. So if I could convince them to let me knock out the front kitchen window right there, I could, it could be that old, old barn style feed area. So anyways, there you go. Uh, but the one person right now that seems like they're going to do their, their damnedest to throw a wrench into it is one of what I feel is the Blazers best trade piece. And that's Anthony Simons, you know, no Dame, no CJ uh, for the last couple games, no norm. Uh, Ant was handed the keys to the car and he is driving that thing like a finely effing tuned Ferrari. Vroom, vroom, baby. Yeah, he <laughs> he looks great. I mean, I don't know if you want to just spit the stats, but if we're looking at how he has been looking <laughs> over the past, let's say, five games. I mean, by the way, Anthony Simons was one of the honorable mentions for Western Conference Player of the Week. He fully deserved it. You know, he's been yeah, shooting but, over. But, but John Morant tried to do a backflip over a backboard, so that kind of that kind of sealed it. Wow, John Morant uh, and the Grizzlies, man, the Grizzlies are cool. Like I, man, I feel so good for their fans. Like that, I just, I've always kind of liked the Grizzlies low key. Um, maybe it's because Zach Randolph being there. But so Anthony Simons over the last five games, you know, over fifty percent shooting. He's been almost forty five percent from three on twelve attempts per game, which is like nutty, nutty numbers averaging 28 points, seven and a half dimes. And that may be the most important part right there. The seven and a half dimes because Anthony Simons looks different. I mean, when I'm tuning into games, when I'm seeing this guy, he is not afraid to drive into contact. He's not afraid. I mean, he's starting to develop these insane acrobatic finishes and absorbing contact. I mean, he's not the biggest guy, but he's getting a little bit bigger. His facilitation is so much more on point. His ability to pace the game is so much better. And you add that on top of the fact that he's an incredible shooter. It's been so fun watching his development. And I mean, to your point, throwing a wrench into the Blazers tank. Yes. And, you know, for the betterment of the team, I also mentioned him as a trade piece, him playing this way, his value is going up a lot. And the, 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 the conundrum always is, and I'll kick it to you after this. As soon as a player like this starts playing really well, on the one hand, the trade value goes up. On the other hand, how much do fans want to see him traded now? Not at all. Oh, now you got to keep Anthony Simons. In. But this is like, that's the conundrum. So yeah. Trade his ass. There's my thoughts. <laughs> Who is so, Am okay. I, I will say this, that there, wait, 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 hold on. What deal is he facilitating? Cause it's not, you can't balance salary on his contract. So he is being included with a larger salary as he, a, as a talent sweetener. Right. So what, he what is kind a, of trade does that look like? He is a kicker at this point in time, kind of watching around. I know that the Hawks just pulled off a trade, you know, with the Knicks or whatnot today. It's kind of, I don't know if that quote, it's not unquote, even a trade. I, I, I don't know if it quote unquote opens trade season. It was weird because we all thought that as soon as that, you know, 
arbitrary, you know, December 15th or whatever deadline pass that I, I personally thought we'd see a little more, but you know, with all the COVID shutdowns and whatnot that have gone on in the league, I feel as though that kind of put a little bit of a pause on, on getting things started off. But, um, you know, it's, it's always been, you know, I think we, we speculated at the beginning of the season that if the, that the Blazers are probably going to try to get under, you know, a luxury tax line by moving, moving Nurk or moving Rocco or doing some shenanery with some, one of these minimum vet guys, you know, to shed their two to 3 million that they have to get under. Uh, if we could, you know, trade CJ, but what kind of extra assets or pieces are we putting in there to trade him to get a, to get a caliber player back. Um, but I, I think, think a lot of, I, I don't see a lot of trades across the league, but especially with the Blazers in which they're going to be one for ones. I feel as though that there's a, we're going to see a decent amount of like three team deals a little more than we're maybe used to seeing. And so when you're talking about moving around salaries in these, you know, multiple team deals, it doesn't have to be like, Hey, we trade CJ and ant here, but you can get CJ and ant involved. And ants value is that, you know, if he goes to a team that, you know, is on the up and coming and, and isn't already paying a buttload of salary to a lot of guys, you know, they can, you know, match all I kind of like the Gary Trent jr. That they just went through last year. Um, so it, it's not that like I see Ant, you know, being a salary match now, but Ant can be tossed in for the, you know, his current value right now, obviously to make money work, but also for his future and perceived value. I fully get that fans absolutely love him. I mean, I think if, and when Anthony Simons is traded, uh, somebody's going to have to throw a memorial service for Danny Meringue, uh, so that he can have, he can have his, so that he can have his time to grieve and no longer being on the blazers in a, in a proper form and fashion. But, um, I, I don't know. It's, it's just, you know, we, we've talked about Nas, we've talked about ants, uh, you know, all, all these, you know, kind of up and coming guys or, or whatnot. Those, those are the two kind of like, quote unquote throw in pieces that the Blazers have for any sort of big sort of trade that they might want to make, whether that be for draft capital or, you know, trying to, um, uh, trying to get a, a, a difference maker player. Well, let me, uh, for, for me, it's, we're already looking to offload CJ. We have norm. We have ant now. And obviously there's Damian Lillard. So unless we're going to be running out, unless we're going to try to run out the six, three mafia and go and get another six, three guy and just our entire starting lineup is going to be six, three dudes. And we're just going to try to score the shit out of the ball. You got to make the hard decision about what is the player that best suits or that's best suited to play next to Dame. And yes. for me, that answer is simple. It's not CJ. Cause we've seen it for years. They're, they're great. They're one of the best backcourts in the league, but it's still not CJ. And for me, ants, in simplest terms is a younger up and coming version of CJ that just has a little more future Ooh. star power to him. Ooh. I so, like, okay. I, I like you're saying a I, lot of words here. There's a lot to respond I, to. Yeah. Yeah. Hope, hopefully you're taking notes. I like personally, I like, <laughs> I like norm uh, as, as if, if you're going to keep one of these guys, I like norm as the backcourt mate to Dame. I think his style complements Dame a lot better than Ant and CJ does. He's not as prolific of a scorer. He's not that kind of star kind of player, but if you're going to move CJ and you're going to move ants, you're hoping to get that star back. So norm doesn't necessarily have to be a star, but he is a good complimentary player next to Dame. All right. As you said, I said a lot of words. It's your turn. No, it's a Tatoka a T. It's your turn. <laughs> Kate gusta. As, sorry. Um, I have this like All high right, school. Rosetta. Yeah, oh, man, this high school Spanish stuff burned in my brain. Uh, and please interject at any point. Um, I, so to your point about CJ versus Anthony Simons, a couple things. One is that Anthony Simons is like nearly 10 years younger than Damon CJ. I not quite. I said a younger version, it, very much younger. So you do need to think about that. But 
as a player, Anthony Simons is already showing a willingness to take and and make shots through contact that CJ never has. Anthony Simons is showing an affinity for being a facilitator and a floor general in a way that CJ never has. I think it's to me, Anthony Simons' ceiling is higher than CJ's. So yes, I now. Agree. That doesn't mean that he's going to end up being a better player than CJ's, but just, I mean, the stuff that he has shown suggests that that could be true. So you need to be mindful of that. Uh And then the, the other thing is just, again, like I go back to like, the team that you need to build around Damian Lillard, again, assuming that he wants to be here, assuming that he has his prime left still in front of him, some of it, assuming mm-hmm. that he's going to be an all NBA player. You you're right. Like you need to have a couple of key pieces around Dame and then Moneyball the rest. Like seriously, like the, the thing with this team, the Blazers actually have like a decent number of like NBA replacement level talent. The Blazers, when they look at their roster and they put Damian Lillard in this corner and everyone else in a big bucket and they mix it around and figure out what trades to put over here with Dame, they basically, in my view, they need to have a really super duper strong four or five player team and the rest can just be crap that's in my view that's how you maximize dame's prime and then you cross your fingers that there are no major injuries but you basically try to elevate that ceiling above the floor right you're just the blazers don't have enough right now to to create a deep awesome well-balanced team but you can create an awesome well-balanced four or five person lineup. So, yeah. And, and one of my big things, you know, with, Ant, like I said, I, I love watching this maturation of him. I mean, we've seen him since he came in, you know, 18, right out of, you know, freaking IMG Academy. It's, you know, it's crazy to think that, yeah, he's only 22, but we've seen him for four years now, basically three, four, yeah. Yeah, four years now. And, and to, to think about the fact that, you know, Dame came into the league when he was 24, you know, what kind of finish, product or, or, or he wasn't or, quite that old. I think he was 20. I think his rookie years is year 23. Season. Okay. Okay. So Ant is still a year younger than Dame was when Dame was a rookie. So, but that, and that's, I believe cr- that's correct. Yeah. So it's, it, that's crazy to me to think about, but, and yeah. as much, but as much fun as it is to watch Ant have this time to shine, you know, you mentioned it, his, his value is going up. And what that value going up for the Blazers means is that, you know, he's, I'm imagining that he's looking at getting a, a Norman Powell level contract offer when he enters restricted free agency. And so if the Blazers are going into Anthony Simons restricted free agency and are paying Dame, you know, $50 million, 45 to $50 million a year, CJ is going to be getting $33 million a year. Norman Powell is going to be getting $19 million a year. Are you willing to put another $19 million a year into another six, three guard. And I, I think I, I, the only way that I can financially and roster wise see Ant being on this team in the future is if he is enough of a team player to where he kind of takes a homeboy discount per se, get something, you know, a four to five, four year deal with a fifth year option or something on the cheap for, you know, $10 million a year. And somebody convinces him that he can be a damn good six man of the year candidate. And that when, you know, when that contracts up, Dame's going to be out the door and the reins are hits, you know, those are kind of like those backroom machinations that you got to wonder, but that's the only kind of scenario in which I can see that keeping him for the price tag that his play is now working himself into makes any sort of sense. There's another scenario, which is remember it again, if you think you can build around Dame, if Dame wants to be here, you actually have until the next trade deadline. So you have until next season's <laughs> trade deadline to have the team that will then take a shot in the playoffs. And of course, like the beginning of next year, you need to be good enough to not fall too far behind, but you can, you cannot be in your final form. That is okay. So you ostensibly could go over the cap, sign Anthony Simons, and then look for a trade partner then. But again, I mean, there are just so many unknowns. And I do think that part of this is 
Dame having faith in the organization that they know what they're doing. Um, and I don't know where he sits on that, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's an odd time for Blazers fans. I mean, I had a hot take by the way, uh, that I think that Nas little at some point will be an all-star. Like I think he's an all-star level player in the making, which is not something I would have said maybe at the beginning of the year. Um, completely agree. Oh. I mean, it's another person who is so much fun to watch play, but I mean, he is, uh, he's coordinated, talented, physical. He works hard. Like no matter the, what Kyrie says, no matter what, God, what Kyrie says. And the other thing to keep in mind that is another, like if, are you looking for optimism? Here's some more optimism. There was this bleacher report story that came out and it suggested, and I want to find the exact language so that I don't mince my words. Um, the Jake Fisher piece. I believe that is it. Uh, and tell me as I read it, if that's the same piece that assessing the interest from a column is somewhat difficult given the fact that he's injured, but basically what he says, I'm not going to read it verbatim, I guess, uh, Olshay valued CJ too highly. Well, no <laughs> shit. Everybody knew that, right? Oh like, my God. I, yeah. well, I can't believe it. Right. Like they didn't trade CJ because he valued him too much. So, but now that the Blazers may be appropriately valuing CJ McCollum, he might have value around the league. So that's some good news. It's like if Cronin again, if he's being valued appropriately, then yes, then maybe you could get something in return for CJ and that if that's true. And again, all the, we, we are deep into like speculation land yeah. and people pulling stuff out of their butts land ahead of the trade deadline. But if that's true, that's also good news and something to feel good about. Yeah. yeah. Olshay valued McCollum and I, I love McCollum as a player. I absolutely love him as a person. You know, I've long told my, my personal stories dealing with him, you know, um, so Your wife it, is jealous of him. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's a great, <laughs> he's a great big spoon, very warm, very, That's right. very, yep. <laughs> but, but, but no, it's, uh, Olshay valued him to the point where like he was probably miffed on why Daryl Morey was like, uh, no, I'm not going to do a straight up CJ for Ben Simmons swap as opposed oh, speaking to speaking of overvaluing. Yeah. Yeah. The two, mo the two people who want to overvalue their toys more than anybody else in the playground. Yep, exactly. <laughs> but, but yeah, so, so no, that I, I read through that Jake Fisher piece and that, that is the one. And, and that does provide me hope that there is at least something leaking out from the Blazers organization that, uh, yeah, uh, things have been put in perspective that we have not necessarily seen in the last uh, decade or so. Um, Indeed. For me, uh, before we kind of jump into a, a little bit of a catch-all that just to get any sort of lingering blazer stuff, uh, off, the our, off our plates, news. we'll get there. But before I do, I, I'm going to outline how I want slash hope the rest of this off season goes and kind of the order of operations into going into next off season. And I, I either want you to agree with me or if you disagree, give me what, what your hope or what your, your perceived picture of how they'll take things is. If, if you'll indulge me per se. Okay. All right. My, my hope here is that I, as much as I love them because I really wanted to buy one of Rocco's jerseys, both Rocco and Nurk uh, at the deadline are shipped off as expiring contracts for just kind of some random blue chip players. I don't even necessarily need somebody long-term, but just the, you know, or, you know, if you got to send both of them off to get one guy back, that's a decent guy, whatever, do that. But both Rocco and Nurk gone at the deadline. Blazers, uh, I want to say fully embrace the tank, but again, I maintain they have accidentally been embracing the tank since the last time we recorded a podcast. So they're doing great, <laughs> uh, but just maintain it, you know, and if you can end up by God in the top three or four, um, absolutely fantastic. There's a lot of decent power forwards that are in this upcoming draft that I think can very much help, help the blazers, you know, even coming in as rookies, if you throw them into kind of a starting lineup, um, and then going into the off season, uh, I would like to see some form of package of CJ and ant sent out, whether that be in an immediate two or, you know, one-on-one -on -one trade or part of a larger multi-team deal, but see those two guys, you know, sent out to maximize value. I know obviously, because with ants, it probably more realistically, you'd get him moved by the deadline because if, why would you trade for him if, or do a sign in trade when he's a restricted free agent, you can just offer whatever, blah, 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 semantics there. But I want to keep Nas. 
obviously Dame stays high draft pick and kind of come back later. Uh, people from this roster that I'd like to see be back next year, um, that are, you know, quote unquote question marks. Uh, I don't have a problem with Cody Zeller and he's cheap. I'm fine with that, but at the same sure. point in time, replacement centers are kind of a dime a dozen. So whatever. Keep him uh, in Larry, the system. That's fine. Yeah. Larry Nance Jr. I love him. I love him because he's one of the few guys who constantly gives a shit and is yelling at everybody else on the court for why the fuck are you doing that when they make a mistake? Absolutely love it. Larry Nance Jr. Keep him. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. He just got picked up. His uh, his non-guaranteed contract just last week got picked up, guaranteed through the rest of the year. Always good to have a legit backup point guard. Uh, it's one of the things that the Blazers kind of lacked, especially under Olshay's tenure when he kind of forced Stotts to just constantly, uh, um, you know, inter, inter, why am I blanking on the word? Uh, Interchange. There we go. Uh, Damon CJ in with the second oh, unit as, as, as the person running it. But you know, that that's, that's kind of like my overview on my, my perfect, how the rest of this season will go. That's great. I mean, if I think that is, so I will say I like it. It sounds good to me. I would, I'm agreeable with that. I think that is one possible future. Um, it's so interesting, especially now that I've kind of, I have talked myself into thinking about not just this trade deadline, but next year's trade deadline, which is a little bit more than my puny pea size fan brain can handle. Cause I want all the trades and all the change to happen. Now I want to see the path forward today. Right? Like, um, oh, you and I are both impatient. So this, while we very much feel alleviated by the burden of expectations, uh, the unknown will drive us insane. Oh, for sure. hundred percent. And it's, so it's hard to, you know, it's hard to even start the, like, I even appreciate you put the mental energy into mapping out one possible future because every time I try to do that, it just, it gets hard and complicated. There are lots of different ways things could go. So I don't know. We'll see. Like I, if I'm a fan, so I, I, I like your vision. I'm on board with it. If I'm a fan, like things that I'm looking for in the coming days and weeks, it's not this piddly little trade that happened today. You're looking for like the first big medium to large trade that starts unsticking every other trade. And, and the reason why that always happens, teams have contingencies and then they have contingencies to those contingencies. You remove one of those options and you know, the, the, what do you call the, the game with all the little wooden sticks? Jenga. That no, the, the pick them, the pick them, pick up sticks. They, they, anyway, all the, the marble starts falling through the sticks, right? You start removing the sticks. The marble starts moving the path for all the other teams becomes clear. As soon as you have that Kerp. first trade, so, plunk. is that what it is? Apparently fair enough. Okay. So that's the point. Once you get one medium to large trade moving, it removes a contingency from multiple teams and makes all of their paths clearer. And then it just, then it snowballs and you start seeing yeah, stuff happen. So it kind of har- harkens back to the Anthony Davis before or the trade to the Lakers when everybody, nobody wanted to do a damn thing until that happened, because that meant that they had a shot at getting Anthony Davis. Right. And once that, yep. once, once that stick was removed, everything happened. The marble just rolled on down. So I do want to do a time check. We're at just over an hour, but we have other stuff to get to. So let's do it. All right. This is a, you called it a catch all. Rapid fire. I'm just, I'm just stealing no dunks as bits at this point. I don't know. That's fine. I, uh, I'm going to properly label this as, as what it is. And that is the trailblazers tickle trunk. So let us open the tickle trunk. Didn't we agree that we were not doing this anymore? (laughs) You keep trying to say that we agreed and I refuse to accept this as a reality in which I live in. So the first item in the tickle trunk, uh, it came out today, uh, (laughs) that Joe Cronin apparently has hiring powers and he hired, uh, an assistant GM, Andre Patterson. Uh, he was a, uh, president of basketball, vice president of basketball operation he, uh, from the Cavaliers. He's over from the Cavaliers. So Cronin has enough power and authority of which this answers a question that we've had in the organization to hire an assistant general manager uh, away from another team. So yep. it's kind of all signs, I think, are maybe pointing to that. It, he may be 
this serious guy that they may keep this job or give this job to for the time being. Yeah. I mean, I'll say, I don't know anything about Andre Patterson. Um, he got a all. lot of praise when the news broke from people around the league, you know, you know, Steve Jones jr. Who, you know, from dunk or no dunks and or dunked on podcast. He's Nikaias Nikai partner. Which podcast is that? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's, um, that is the, oh, I forget what it's called, but it's a great podcast. You just listen to it. <laughs> but, but anyways, you know, he came out high praise for, um, you know, Dunker uh, spot. Dunker spot. There we go. Uh, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, even, you know, John Hollinger came out and he's like, this is a fantastic hire for them. Hey, nice to see that, you know, if Cronin is the guy, this is, this is a fantastic dude. You know, he helped, uh, obviously get the Cavs to where they're, they're at this year. Where was his previous stop before Utah. that? Utah. Yeah. And he kind of, I mean, that's a he, competently yeah, he, run franchise. Well, he helped put this together, put together this iteration of Utah that we are seeing and before he went over and helped the Cavs kind of do that. They're on a team on the upswing right now. So, I mean, this, this is a guy that knows his stuff and is apparently a good bright mind to have. And by all accounts, Joe Cronin was already a good bright mind to give the reins to. So, so all, yeah, I'll, I'll say this actually, now that I'm thinking about it more, I do think this gives a small peek into Cronin's leadership style, which is I'm going to hire talented people around me and not be afraid of them and not be afraid that they might try to usurp my authority. I'm going to hire people who know what they're doing, which I mean, I, I, I no discredit to the people who are on Olshay's staff because Cronin was one of them. But then again, Cronin was there before before Neil Olshay got there. But just the fact that you are willing to hire somebody who has experience in the NBA, who is currently on an NBA team in their front office, I think it does. I think you could say it speaks to Joe Cronin's leadership style, which again is to empower people to do their jobs for the betterment of, of the organization, which I think is good news. The other thought I have. The Blazers just dropped the interim title at this point. The dude's hiring people for his team. He's the GM. Make him the GM. He's not the well, interim. Let's just drop the farce. Like, let's give him the full faith and power of that title and everything that maybe comes with it. Like, if maybe Joe Cronin being the full-time GM and not the interim gives you a 5% greater chance that he can swing a trade, then why don't you just do that? You're letting him hire people. I mean, come on. Well, and, and don't try to pull the wool over our eyes by saying interim, because, you know, if, if to me, I saw this news and it signals to me, you know, the timeline that I think we all have in our heads, it's we're waiting for either league expansion or the new TV contract to kick in. Jody Allen gets that bit of money and she's out and she's going to sell the team. Uh, and all those things are expected to happen, you know, two to three years down the road, whatever. Well, great. In two to three years down the road, we're going to have a way better idea of, I mean, it's going to be way late in Damian Lillard's career. I guarantee if the Blazers haven't been perennial contenders or won a championship by then, it's probably not going to happen when the guy's pushing 34, 35, you know, uh, Chauncey Billups will have two years remaining on his deal. And you know that it just give him, give Cronin this title, let him do this for the next two years or so. Yep. And then at that point in time, you're in a perfect timeline for a new owner to come in and take the team and fire a coach that has one year guaranteed left on his deal to get rid of a GM who maybe just signed a two year contract, you know, or three year contract or whatnot. And Dame, is now, you know, uh, a, a very good veteran that can go and help a team finally get over a hump somewhere else and do your rebuild, get rid of the tag, make him the guy. I think it's the best option. Agreed. Next, next one down in the tickle trunk as, uh, let me see here. That is, uh, so CJ McCollum has been cleared, uh, to return to action. And it's funny because I, every time I, have pointed this out to people over like the last, I want to say two ish weeks or so, or even three weeks or, or whatnot. Uh, they always come up back to me with like a shocked or surprise thing. You know, they're like, Oh, well, when McCollum gets back, when, when McCollum gets back, well, McCollum got injured when his wife was like 33 weeks pregnant or 32 weeks pregnant, very close to giving birth to a child. And so when that timeline got put out for like when he could possibly be back or, or whatnot, or when they'd look at him, I'm like, he's not coming back till after the birth of his kid. That news was actually yeah. finally announced that he's been cleared, but he is waiting on the birth of his child to return. And I love that people had shock and surprise about that because again, they just view athletes as their tiny little playthings and not as the human beings that they are. Yep. I agree. <laughs> yeah. I, I think CJ can take as much time as he needs, especially like, 
the birth of your child and particularly your first child, it's not something that will ever happen again. And yeah, I agree. In my view, take all the time that you need. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree with you. I think take all the time you need. Um, Hey, if it takes in the whole season, so be it. And I'm being a little silly now, but like, yeah, I, I, I genuinely have no issue with it. Even if the Blazers were not trying to tank. All right. Well, that's everything that I got in the uh, tickle trunk, unless you want to poke fun at Kyrie Irving for being a whiny little bitch and having glass ankles. But, uh, no, I mean, you know, 10 seconds in Nas little dove for a ball, almost got to it. He, ran into Kyrie Irving and then Kyrie Irving whined about it in the moment, whined about it after it hustle. And then videos surfaced of, you know, these hustle plays from back when Kyrie was on the Cleveland Cavaliers. He didn't seem to have a problem with it. Then it doesn't matter. Whiner's going to whine. What are you going to do? Yeah, it's a right. It's the second game back. Uh, if your ankles aren't strong enough, they're never going to be strong enough, but uh, that's all I got. Uh, so I guess we can wrap this up at a little over an hour, which uh, I'm not, I'm going to say not bad for us not having chatted for a month. So a lot, a lot of shit to good. get through. Yeah. And I think that there's going to be more to look forward to, even if it's just now that we can sort of look at the development of players like Ant and Nas with a clearer mind of what's happening over the next couple months, it makes it easier to watch. So tune it in. We like the Blazers. You can always reach out to us at, we like the blazers.com. You can check us out at like the blazers on Twitter. You can find me at Goldner PDX. You can find him at the witty Ryan. That's pretty much all for today. We appreciate all of you for listening. Also check us out on YouTube. Subscribe if you haven't already, but until next time, I'm Brandon. That is Ryan. We love you. Go blazers. Go blazers.